ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 283rd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports, one word, As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week and event of the week that I covered is the amazing Travelers Championship in Connecticut. As Jordan Spieth closed it out last evening, with a shot for the ages by holding out a sand shot in sudden death to beat Daniel Berger. The take-home memory from that one will be, obviously, after he made the shot, he threw, throwing his wedge, his caddy throwing the rake, which just made a great photo that's uh, making the rounds today worldwide. And uh, it was just, it's a great setting there at the 18th with the uh, amphitheater setting, much like Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles. And uh, spent a lot of time there this week, including yesterday, and the crowds and the weather all week long were fabulous. I've covered the Travelers many years, and it's about a two-hour drive from Boston. It's just a few minutes south of Hartford, Connecticut, at TPC River Highlands, and uh, it's just a great tournament. They do a great job. Very often follows the uh, week of the U.S. Open, uh, but they still drew one of their best fields ever, uh, including Patrick Reed, who was in the hunt, Rory McIlroy, who just made the cut, uh, and a host of other just great players. So just a great take, and as for Spieth, uh, he's a rock star. What else can you say? He made history yesterday by becoming second only to Tiger Woods in winning 10 tournaments before the age of 24, and it was just uh, some magical stuff. He's, he knows how to close the deal. He uh, usually wins when he has a 54-hole lead, which he did for this tournament, Pretty much led uh, coast to coast, although got a little crazy in the back nine yesterday when uh, Daniel Berger caught him, uh, forcing the playoff, and uh, just an amazing week and day at uh, at the Travelers Championship. And we're in golf season up here in New England, and starting this week, basically today, for all intents and purposes, is the USGA Senior Open at Salem Country Club in Peabody, Massachusetts. Everybody in Boston is pretty excited. Salem, 
Uh, the city, of course, made famous for witches, uh, just a little north of Boston. And uh, it just is going to be a great week again for golf. Uh, weather looks good. Uh, great field again just before the tournament even starts, meaning uh, tomorrow and Wednesday there's a clinic with Hale Irwin and Ray Bork, former Boston Bruin great, who's uh, basically the honorary chairman of the event. Uh, Salem Country Club is literally right down the street from where the Bruins used to practice and, and where Ray Bork lives up in the north, what's known as the North Shore of Boston. And then on Wednesday, press conferences. Uh, oh, and Nick Faldo is having a press conference uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, he's one of the participants, obviously. Uh, and Wednesday, a couple other participants, legends, Tom Watson, Bernhard Langer. So it's just going to be uh, fabulous before the tournament even starts on Thursday. Uh, other members in the field who we all know and many of us grew up with, uh, John Daly, Colin Montgomery, Fred Couples, Corey Pavin, Tom Kite. So just a star-studded field. And uh, it's, again, great to have uh, golf here in New England back-to-back. Here in June, so already was an exciting week down at Travelers, and sure to be an exciting week ahead with uh, the USGA Senior Open. Now moving on, my low light of the week is the NBA draft only producing one trade after one of the biggest buildups that I can ever remember, leading into not only an NBA draft but basically. Any draft. Uh, it was just white hot. Uh, the rumor mill, uh, of course, capped off by the uh, up here in Boston by the news that Christophe Porzingis from the Knicks was available and being shopped around by Phil Jackson. So, by all accounts, Phil Jackson and the uh, and Danny Ainge from the Celtics were talking. But they couldn't get a deal done. Uh, I went to a local establishment that was packed with anticipation. Uh, a lot of people were there thinking that when uh, Adam Silver stepped to the mic, he would say, uh, you know, with the third pick, the Boston Celtics have traded it to the Knicks uh, for what would have been a few players and a number of their future picks, seven over the next uh, three years, including the draft just passed, first rounders all, uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, the only one that did happen was, of course, uh, the trade from Jimmy Butler, one of the top 15 players in the NBA, to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and by all accounts, uh, you know, the the Wolves got the deal of a lifetime. It sounds like something Danny Ainge and or Red Arbach would have pulled off. But in the end, it was uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, of all teams, that did it. And all of a sudden, uh, they look formidable with uh, Jimmy Butler, a veteran presence, to go with their younger stars of uh, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Ricky Rubio's there, of course. So uh, 
a lot of excitement around that that trade. But again, the lead up with players out there, including, you know, Paul George, uh, of course, Jimmy Butler, Porzingis. Uh, again, it was just absolutely white hot uh, as we headed into the draft as to what would happen. The Celtics, of course, traded the first pick uh, with the Sixers, who took Markel Fultz. Celtics went down to number three and basically said they would have chosen uh, Jason Tatum from Duke with the first pick. Instead, they got him at three, so they got what they wanted and also picked up a pick for uh, in the first round for next year. So uh, that's what the Celtics do. That's what Danny Ainge does. And following in the footsteps of his mentor, of course, Red Arbach. And uh, Celtics are in a unique position. Uh, there's been some chatter up here in Boston and nationally that they have so many picks uh, and players on good contracts that are currently on the team. They're good players. Marcus Smart, uh, Jay Crowder, uh, you know, host of others, younger players uh, that basically teams are trying to rip them off, according to the Celtics, because they have so much that everybody wants so much in return for any trade. Uh, and that, of course, turned out to be the case uh, – the case with Porzingis, according to all accounts. And lastly, my bizarre story of the week is uh, Tim to- Tebow being promoted by the Mets to Class A affiliate in Port St. Lucie, Florida. I'm a Tebow guy, so it's not. Uh, it's just bizarre that with his 222 average, he was uh, promoted. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's minor league baseball. He's back in Florida, which where he is an absolute icon, a hero of epic proportions. Uh, he's in the top three of any list of Florida athletes, top three Florida athletes, beloved. <clears throat> uh, just see the statue outside Florida Field with this quote <clears throat> uh, from a few years ago when he played for the Gators, where he led them to national championships uh, and won a Heisman Trophy where he talked about uh, after a loss that no player would ever work harder than he did. Uh, and and he, he delivered after that famous quote. So Tebow is, uh, you know, uh, making his name in baseball, a unique athlete. He was a unique football player, and now he is proving himself to be a unique athlete uh, as, again, promoted up to uh, – uh, the Class A affiliate in Port St. Lucie, where he was, where the Mets do spring training, and where he was already uh, doing some spring training there. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now, just like the game itself. 
you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, John. Very well. Glad to be here. Glad to have you on, as always. And I was thinking of you a lot this week uh, as I was down in Connecticut, Cromwell to be exact, south of Hartford, to cover the Travelers Championship, with which ended in tremendous fashion as Jordan Spieth holed out from the sand to win in sudden death. But great week down there, AP. I've been doing it for a lot of years. I know you did it for a few years as well. And uh, the crowds were off the charts, especially yesterday. Uh, nothing like a Sunday at a golf tournament, and yesterday was just Incredible, I must say, all day long, uh, and really, really enjoyed it. And again, it finished with uh, uh, in a memorable way, to put it mildly. Yeah, John, those are great crowds down there. They like to support that tournament. It's well run. It's uh, of all the tournaments I've attended and covered. That's I think that's my favorite because the way they they treat the media. And the layout of that course, and then, of course, the 18th hole has that theater, uh, stadium-like finish. Yep, the amphitheater. It was never, uh, you know, it it had its greatest moment yesterday, the 18th green and the amphitheater. Even Jordan Spieth remarked after the shot that, uh, you know, the ground was shaking. Um, And, yeah, it was just... uh, you know, I spent some time there yesterday and just all day long. Uh, you, you know, the amphitheater is just 
So it's a beautiful natural setting, and they've really filled it in now with uh, tents and whatnot. It's not quite as much open space the whole way up the hill, shall we say? It's not, you know, was not a bad thing. It's just it's such a popular spot mm-hmm. that there's tents all along the top of the hill, the entire curved horseshoe, so to speak. But, you know, every inch below the tents, which maybe come down halfway down the hill, every inch below that is, of course, filled with spectators, needless to say, many of whom just camped out there for four, five, six hours, obviously. And uh, and anybody who did was rewarded with that finish, that's for sure. Yeah, that was quite a finish. And then I think that's George's first time there as well, John, Correct. if I recall. And so... He had another dramatic win, and was it a tenth win? Only twenty-four years old. I mean, he is hot. Yeah, the only you know he's second now to Tiger for most wins, uh, and having achieved ten wins, he's the only one along with I think Jack Nicklaus did it like right at his twenty-fourth birthday. But those three stand alone. But basically, Jordan Spieth is behind only Tiger uh, as the youngest player ever to win 10 tournaments before his 24th birthday. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he's impressive. I mean, he's special. Obviously, we've, we've all seen that. But, you know, he said it yesterday, uh, you know, after the shot, it, it, it may end up being his greatest moment. Uh, you know, he's so likable, such a good interview. His reaction of throwing uh, the wedge that he hit the, from the sand as uh, at the same time as the uh, caddy is basically throwing the rake. And then they did the <laughs> famous, what will now be famous, chest pump, uh, you know, right out of an NFL game. Uh, great video, great video. That, that's going to be with him forever, uh, you know, for all the right reasons. Yeah, I'm sure the the marketing people love him, the the tournaments love him. The PGA loves him. I mean, he, he, like you say, he has a good personality and he and reacts when something goes well and, and when it doesn't. So he's a, a good character to have as one of the leaders of the sport. He really is. He really is, especially, again, not even age 24 yet. A couple uh, opens to his credit, or, you know, uh, championships, masters, and, of course, U.S. Open out of Chambers Bay. But he's had some disappointments, too. So I, I think it adds to his likability. Uh, you know, no one will ever forget uh, the Masters last year when he had the big lead, was leading coast to coast, and, uh, of course, had the famous, you know, two shots in the water at the 12th, and we all know the rest of that story. And And yesterday he was... You know, 54-hole leader, and when he's a 54-hole leader, he typically closes the deal as he did yesterday, but, you know, had some trouble. Daniel Berger caught him on the back nine to force the playoff, and uh, but again, you know, he was on all week, pretty much, uh, pretty much led wire to wire. He never really gave up the lead. He just got tied, but yeah, he is... Uh, He's special, and then, you know, even amidst all the excitement, you know, immediately following, you know, he's talking about how he wished his family was there, and then he misses them. I mean, you you know, not everybody does that, that's for sure. No, no, I mean, I mean, that was his his, uh, worst round of the the tournament, John, at 70 he had yesterday, 
So he was, you know, pretty well having a good week. Uh, and then he had that 70 on Sunday, but he, but he won in the end. And I mean, that's something he did in college. I think he won that. He actually won that championship against uh, Alabama. Been making a shot. So right, the he's used to, to being clutch. Yeah, for the Longhorns, right? University of Texas he played, University obviously. University of Texas, correct. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he started out fast yesterday, too. A couple birdies right out of the box uh, on, I believe, one and two. And, you know, he already had a, a couple-stroke lead, I believe, or at least a one-stroke lead. So suddenly he, you know, had like three-stroke lead. I think at one point it got up to four. And I think a lot of people, including myself, were thinking, you know, you know, he, he's coasting home like he did a couple of years ago when he won the Masters, where he basically obliterated the field, a la Tiger in 97. And uh, it didn't turn out that way, but, you know, he he just, again, has a great personality. Uh, one of, you know, let's not forget he was in the exact same bunker on the 18th hole. Uh and he had a great shot out of there to, you know, get par and, and get the playoff. Had he not done that, uh, he would have lost. So, you know, he was in the bunker for the 18th and the exact same bunker for the over, for the sudden death in the, in the, on the 18th. Uh, but yeah, you know, bottom line, and I'm sure you'll agree, you know, the Travelers is a great tournament. And yesterday, you know, you know they, they got a, a finish for the ages that is going to be their, uh, you know, their take-home video forever. It's like they've really got something special now to always talk about. Uh, let's not forget last year uh, on the final day that Jim Furyk broke the all-time record, became the first player in PGA history to get a 58, which he got on the final day on Sunday. So, uh you know, they're starting to patent uh, history on Sundays. And uh, and by the way, it was really cool, AP, where they have a plaque. Uh, and you know exact spot, you know, when you're walking out, when the players are walking out the 18th, they head up the hill to the scorer's table, scorer's cabin, um, right there on the ground. I mean, as soon as you step off the green and come off the first ridge up off the green, there's a plaque for for Jim Furyk right there on the ground, which I thought was pretty cool. So, yeah, so it's great to see because we, you know, we 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 love what they do at the Travelers, and now their uh, their brand uh, grew exponentially yesterday, to put it mildly. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and there's nothing like having a dramatic ending because you Correct. have to watch all the way to the end. The TV exactly. people love it, the tournament loves it, the fans love it. I mean, it's like basketball, football, last second play baseball, it's like any sport. Uh, golf has that element. I mean, it could come down to one shot, you know, inches, or if not an inch, uh, to determine the winner, to ter- determine the outcome. I mean, the golf was one of those sports, John, where someone's in a bunker, you know that's not good. So you're thinking, what can happen? How could they miraculously make a shot to win a tournament? And that happened yesterday. Right, and Berger was on, you know, on the green, but uh, pretty far away. Well, the ball rolled off, so it was slightly off the green. The only thing that would have been better would have been had Berger gone first, you you know, would have missed, I'm sure, as a super long putt. Uh, 
But if it would have been a walk-off, that would have been because, you know, <laughs> amidst all the excitement, you know, Berger still had to putt. And boy, all credit to him. I mean, he even flashed Spieth a, a thumbs-up sign from across uh, the green before he even hit his shot. But after Spieth hit his shot from the sand and then, you know, could not have displayed better sportsmanship. Uh, number one, the thumbs up again before he even hits a shot. And then, you know, a nice embrace. I guess they're friends, uh, good friends. And, uh, you know, just a total class act in defeat where he even said himself he was still kind of just at a loss for words and, and probably just in shock. Let's not forget, he'd come back from two, three strokes down on the back nine to force the playoff. And just and then to lose like that, uh, pretty tough. But he handled it with complete grace. Yeah, when you make a comeback of that proportion and you're you have some momentum, you're thinking this could be my day. Right. But as many times as it happens in sports, John, when the other person uh, has an excellent performance, the only thing you can do is salute them. Oh, exactly. Everybody, uh, right? They, they were both heading in opposite directions. Uh, and Spieth, by the way, let's not forget this, very important. Uh, his shot off the tee in sudden death hit a tree. I mean, like, went through a massive tree, found its way through, and, I mean, it was hitting branch after branch after branch, and it could have gone anywhere, and I mean anywhere, and instead it just dropped right on the fairway. Uh, and it could have easily been out of bounds or it could have been over right there. So, but like Peter Costa said in the post, uh, in, in the post-match interview, uh, great players take advantage of breaks when they get them. And Spieth got a massive break, which again, he talked about and admitted he knew how lucky he was. So yeah, they were going in opposite directions. I mean, Spieth, you know, hits a tree, then he finds the sand and yet still pulls it out. So, again, we're witnessing something very special with Jordan Spieth, no doubt about it. Yeah, Jordan Spieth, I mean, he's, he's going to be around for a long time, you know, if his health holds out, of course, and, you know, it's exciting to watch. I mean, he has these dramatic finishes, which every sport embraces. Exactly. Nothing like it. Well, once again, it was great, AP. Uh, the Travelers delivered yet again, as they do every year. And uh, again, I think that, uh, you know, with Spieth talking about, as he was, you know, throughout the weekend, uh, just how impressed he was. And now to have that take-home memory, I think it's, you know, it's always been in a unique spot because it follows the week after the U.S. Open, of course. Uh, but they... Drew, uh, maybe their best field ever, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed, players like that. Uh, I, I think, you know, it feels like, you know, with Jordan Spieth uh, leading the charge, promoting uh, what a great tournament it is. And, and he, he again said, you know, the setting, the 18th hole, the amphitheater, all of it was really, really something special. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, you know, that's going to help draw an even better field in future years, given its spot in the calendar immediately after the U.S. Open. Uh, I'm guessing it probably does about as well as any major or as any tournament in the week following a major. Yeah, they're very aggressive, John. They, they, I've, 
believe in the past, you know, they, they sent a jet there to get the players there right after the, the, they opened. So Correct. it makes it very convenient for the, for the players. So Good they point. do everything in their power. The Travelers is, is a very uh, excellent tournament, as we stated before. Exactly right. Way P, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment. Uh, but, you know, that's not all the golf. Uh, big, big golf time here in New England. Uh, this week is the USGA Senior Open, just north of Boston. I will be there starting tomorrow. And, uh, but why don't we take our break now, and we'll talk a little bit about that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine and AP, we spent last segment talking about the fabulous Travelers Tournament, won in dramatic fashion yesterday by Jordan Spieth. Uh, but that's not all the golf in New England this uh, uh, here in June. Tomorrow, uh, well, this week is the USGA Senior Open, and, and you'll love this, AP, as a fellow media member. So tomorrow... Up at Salem Country Club in Peabody, Mass., North Shore of Boston. Uh, they're having a clinic with Hale Irwin and Ray Bork, the former Bruin, who's uh, honorary chairman. So that's at like mid-afternoon, and then that's followed by a press conference with Nick Faldo, who's playing. And then on Wednesday, they're having press conferences with, among others, Tom Watson, Bernhard Longer. <laughs> 
So that's just before the tournament even starts. I get to do that tomorrow and Wednesday. Check out all those press conferences in the clinic. I'm very intrigued by Hale Irwin and Ray Bork. And then other participants, big names, uh, are going to be John Daly, Colin Montgomery, Fred Couples, Corey Pavin, Tom Kite, on and on and on. So it's going to be a great week uh, for even more golf, AP. That's a fantastic field. And, and the events uh, preceding, preceding the actual tournament, that's great for all the fans and the people uh, in that area. That's, I mean, that's the way to run a tournament, to create some excitement and the buzz before things even start. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just think it's terrific. Uh, again, particularly intrigued with, uh, you know, the, the, the clinic, uh, needless to say, and Nick Faldo, I uh, can't wait to, you know, attend his press conference. I mean, he's not only a legendary player, obviously, but you know, he, he's just so good. I think with Jim Nance on the CBS broadcast, they were there yesterday at travelers, obviously. And, uh, yeah, so I, I just can't wait to, uh, to hear Nick Faldo talk because he's a great talker. That's why he's one of golf's best announcers. And uh, it's going to be great, no doubt about it. Uh, so, yeah, golf in New England is, uh, you know, having a terrific couple of weeks. So it should be a lot of fun. I feel very fortunate to have the opportunity to, to cover these tournaments and, you know, well, AP, you lived up here as uh, yourself, and nothing like summer in New England, that's for sure. We uh, The winters are harsh, but the playoff is, is awfully sweet in the summer. Yeah, the summertime, they kind of entice you to live in that area, and thinking, <laughs> wow, this is really nice. Correct. And uh, <laughs> the seasons change, but and then, then winter happens. Said, very nice in the summertime. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's extra nice. It's like, you know, that's the, the best part is, you, obviously, you jam it in. You know, you just take advantage of every 80-degree moment you have uh, in New England because you don't have it for long. But, you know, it, it also creates two or three of the best months imaginable. And, oh, by the way, fall isn't too bad either. The only problem with fall whatsoever is that uh, you know what's coming next. Other than that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> May through October, uh, fabulous spot, as you know well, obviously. Um, hey, you know, I wanted to, uh, switching sports, I was wanting to get, wanting to get your take on uh, the fact that two SEC teams start tonight, I believe, uh, for the NCAA College World Series out there in Omaha. Uh, you know, here we go again, AP, the SEC, they're dominant LSU versus, uh, uh, Florida, Florida, the Gators, uh, yet another SEC national championship on the horizon in the next two to three nights. Yeah, John, this is the third time, I believe the first time was LSU, Alabama, 99, maybe something like that. And then. I think it was South Carolina and Florida. And this time, of course, Florida LSU. But those two teams played in Gainesville in March. Um, and Florida won that series, I think, two to three, two games to three. 
the they're different teams now. I think they're more healthy, and uh, as I understand, they've discovered their bullpen. That takes a little time in baseball, right, to figure out your bullpen situation. So it's going to be quite a series, and uh, Florida's been there quite a bit. I think LSU, if they win this, John, they'll be in second place behind USC has won it 12 times. LSU won it six. I think they're tied with a few teams, maybe Texas. And so they'd be in second place. Florida, uh, they, they have not won the, the World Series before. So They haven't. Uh, oh, that surprises yeah. me. You know, they're a power. Yeah, Florida, yeah. yeah they're, they're a power. So, yeah, I guess that LSU-Alabama was in 97, 97 that was. And then they, uh, Florida lost to South Carolina in 2011. All right. Well, I knew LSU, speaking of being a power, I knew they were a serious power. I didn't realize they have a chance to move into second place, but uh, I'm not surprised because they are, you can even see it watching these games that, you know, LSU Tiger Nation is there in full force in the purple and gold. And, uh, you know, by all accounts, you know, and I know some, you know, I've heard from people who are actually from out there and whatnot, uh, Omaha, the College World Series, is one of the great takes in American sports by every account. Media loves it. Everybody loves it. Yeah, everything I've heard from people who have been in Omaha, they really enjoy uh, being out there. I mean, LSU and Florida, they've been out there for a couple weeks now, I guess, right? Right. Oh, exactly. It's on. Yeah. I think it's been on for at least nine, ten days minimum. And we'll go to at least tomorrow night. It's, you know, best two out of three uh, beginning tonight. So, uh, you know, it won't end before tomorrow night. And I believe it would have started like a week ago Friday, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, it's it's generally speaking, it's a two-week deal. And everybody seems to yeah. love it. Yeah, and both of them, John, believe it or not, they tied for the SEC, the regular conference championship, regular season conference championship, 21-9. and nine. I did so, not know that. They're very, very close in ability and talent. So, I mean, it, it could come down to the last inning, one of those dramatic finishes again. But uh, I know that SEC, They've had this happen in the women's basketball now. They've had to, had it happen in football over the years. And uh, baseball, this is, like I say, the third time. Uh, so it, it's very exciting for the Southeastern Conference. Well, I'm sure Paul Feinbaum and the whole SEC network are pretty happy about now. I mean, this is like, this is the dream come true. Uh, again, an SEC champion is in the bag. <laughs> it's only a matter of which one's it going to be because uh, – you know, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, it's kind of like when the Steelers and the Patriots play in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I, I know immediately one of my two favorite teams is in the Super Bowl. and So you can just sit back and enjoy, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're satisfied with the, the outcome. If, whether Unless you win or Florida wins. Yeah, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, he, he's overjoyed, I'm sure. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a great field. And, you know, there was other, uh, you know, the teams that they beat to get there. Oregon State was, I think, number one in the country and had some lengthy winning streak snapped. And then uh, TCU, uh, again, you know, just a, 
had a great season. Uh, so they were the semifinalists. So, uh, yeah, some some real heavyweights on the, on the college baseball front. Uh, you know, another team I always think about when I think of college baseball, maybe one of the original teams aside of USC, is uh, Arizona or Arizona State, uh, whatever one Reggie Jackson paid, played for. Uh, they used to be an absolute power. I think, uh, yeah, lots of great players have come out of there, to say the least. Oh, yeah, they, they were always, Sal Bando, I think, was from there. So, right. Right. Uh, Ken, was it Ken Griffey Jr. He played Arizona State? Yeah, I'm tempted to think. Uh, yeah, Arizona State and Tempe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. In Tempe, yes. Yeah, they're the power. Um, I'm tempted to say Terry Francona, who uh, was a great. He, he's an all-time legendary college baseball player. For people who may not know this, and I'm pretty sure he played at Arizona. Uh, yes, he played at Arizona. He sure did, John. He. He had, but John, I think I remember this fact correctly. He had seven or so hits in a row, and then David Magadan broke that record when Alabama played uh, Texas and Roger Clemens and Spike oh, right. Owens and Calvin Schiraldi, and, and David had right. eight or nine in a row, and he broke Terry Francona's record. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Terry Francona may have hit. He hit at least 400, I believe, either for a year or his career or whatever. But there's something telling me he made a he might have hit even above that. I'm I'm talking something that sounds like just hard to believe, like 600. I don't know if that rings a bell with you, but he's one of the greatest college baseball players of all time. He did some things that uh, nobody had ever done, and and I think there's a couple things that maybe nobody's ever done since. A legend. Yeah, no, I yeah, I knew he was a good hitter. I knew that I wasn't sure of the numbers, the batting average, but I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh and best of all, he's out of western Pennsylvania, where I'm from, because uh, his father was of course Tito Francona, uh, who played for a time for the Pirates. So he grew up in uh Western PA, uh, where he was a legend as well in high school, and maybe that's what I'm thinking of. He may have hit like six hundred in high school for his career or something crazy. But yeah, Terry Francona, all-time legend, uh, you, you know, as a player uh, before he uh, became a legend uh, as the manager who broke the curse for the Red Sox in 04. So <laughs> fun to talk about. Six degrees of separation, right, AP? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, John, he, he won the Carlos World Series, and he was the tournament's most outstanding player. And, and he won the Golden Spikes Award that year, 1980. Wow. There you go. He has the hardware to prove it, right? He sure does. So he, he when he speaks to somebody, they, they're bound to listen. When you can just show them the hardware, you get their attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He obviously played in the major leagues. No, he's got serious credibility. And again, good genes, all of it. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of uh, our another segment, but why don't we take our final break and we'll uh, we'll catch up on a few other topics after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. 
That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. We're some America listeners. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is indeed the USGA Senior Open from up here in Boston. It'll be on Fox Network Saturday and Sunday. Should be awesome. And uh, AP, we've covered a few things, but the one thing I did want to cover with you was uh, the NBA draft. Uh, it had, you know, the the trade talk and whatnot leading into you know Thursday night at eight seven p.m. was just overheating. It was white hot, uh, especially once the Knicks said and Phil Jackson said Kristaps Porzingis was available. But in the end, I, I, you know, there was only the one trade. It was a big one, which of course, Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves. Uh, but yeah, all in all, uh, you know, no big surprises or whatever. And given the lead up, which again, with Paul George, players like that, uh, you know, it, it fell a little flat from what, what I think a lot of people were anticipating. Yeah, probably so. They probably thought there'd be more movement, but, you know, Cleveland's still in the hunt, I think, for Paul and George, right? Right. So you, you, you wouldn't be surprised if that happens, or Paul and George could move somewhere. It's Cleveland or Los, Los Angeles, but but it, the draft went, um, I mean, there were no big surprises. I didn't, I didn't find any big surprises in there, maybe just a few... Uh, Maybe the Kentucky guys went a little bit lower, let's let's say, but uh, I wasn't really surprised that the whole entire draft. I didn't I didn't find it to be something that was eye popping. Correct. Well, I was at a local establishment that was absolutely packed for the Celtics' third pick in the draft, and as the day went on, and the day before, of course, when Porzingis became available, and this the the rumor mill was just uh, off the charts. You know, the the excitement level built to where a lot of people, including myself, were certainly hoping for, if not expecting, 
Adam Silver to walk to the mic and say, you know, with the with the third pick in the draft, uh, the Celtics have traded uh, traded it to the New York Knicks for Persingas and what would have been a whole lot more. <laughs> Didn't happen. Jason Tatum's a great player and I think a great pick, and the Celtics said they would have taken him with the number one pick, which is why they traded. They knew he'd be there still at number three. Uh, but yeah, um, didn't happen, but you know, the Celtics, uh, you know, a lot of talk now that the Celtics are basically, they have so many picks, seven, including this past draft, seven first rounders over the next two years now. Uh, so I guess it'd be six first rounders left that, you know, and a lot of players on good contracts with the team, young, what have you, Marcus Smart, people like that, Terry Rozier. Uh, Jay Crowder, that basically everybody who deals with the Celtics is, as you know, trying to rip them off. So that, that that's one of the reasons they're not able to get a deal done because everybody wants the sun, the sky, and the moon. Because right now the Celtics have the sun, the sky, and the moon. Right. Yeah. That that's always the precarious position. That it, it, it's good you have the draft picks and you can you can negotiate some trades, but everybody's trying to to score like like you were born last night. Exactly. And Danny Ainge certainly wasn't born last night. He learned from the best and read our back and and that's the problem. Everybody's just saying, you know, and apparently Phil Jackson was doing this with the Knicks, just asking for, you know, everything. They just see these six, seven picks out there, first rounders, and they just say, you know. But it was up to me, AP. I mean, I was saying the day of the draft, like I would have given up easily two or three of those picks plus a player or two. Uh, I would have given up the number three plus one, if not two more of those first round picks in the future, plus a player or two. I mean, I'm a big Porzingis fan. I just thought, you know, that he would have made them an instant contender against the Cavs, especially if they end up signing Gordon Hayward. Yeah, but you know, in that in the age, he he must not have thought it was worth the the draft selections to to get get him from New York. So and I agree. It's, he knows more know, than one me. Man's one man's opinion, and that's that's all that matters. Right, he's, he's, he's the one. He, he's the one in charge. He's the one. Yep. He's gonna you know have to take all the criticism if it doesn't doesn't uh, succeed. So in his mind, he must have thought, "No, I can't. I can't make those trades." Correct. No, and he knows a whole lot more than me. It's just, uh, you know, and I wasn't alone. The, 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 again, there was just like this uh, buzz in the air here in Boston uh, Wednesday, and especially draft day on Thursday of like, you know, whatever it takes, get this guy. You know, he's seven foot three, <laughs> and he shoots the three. And he's got, you know, what else can you say? Seven foot three and shoots the three, uh, and a whole lot more in between. But uh, an AP, uh, Lonzo Ball went as expected, number two, and Lavar Ball was interviewed immediately thereafter. And uh, you know, say we want about Lavar Ball, but what he wanted to happen happened. And what he says, basically, he wanted to happen for all of Lonzo's 19 years on this earth as his son that we're building to this moment. And he got what he wanted. So 
hats off to him. You know, whether you, whatever you think about him, uh, you know, mission accomplished on his part. Hey, John, there's 32 teams. I mean, everybody has the dream to be in the NBA, let's say. He had a specific dream, specific yep. team, specific city. I mean, his hometown. I mean, I, I don't know what he did after that night, but he should have went to Las Vegas because he was on Correct. the roll. Exactly. They did. They hit the lottery. And, uh, yeah, he, he is he is a fascinating character. It's going to be uh, LeVar Ball. Uh, Lonzo seems very chill for his part. Uh, Magic Johnson, who drafted him, seemed happy. Um, you know, this... Lonzo's game is in the mold of magic, obviously. Passing is is his forte. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch. You know, I, and now there's two younger brothers, uh, you know, that the assumption by most everyone is they're both going to go to UCLA. And if LeVar has anything to say about it, they're going to end up at the Lakers. But who knows? Like, I wouldn't doubt him, put it that way. No, no, he mean he's going to try to stay close by because you get all the publicity if you're in Los Angeles. I mean, that's the main team in that city, college basketball, UCLA, although USC's done some good things recently, but it's, it will always be UCLA will get the most of the attention. So, and his son had some, you know, had great success there. So I don't see there's any reason why he wouldn't, they wouldn't both wouldn't attend UCLA. Exactly. There's no reason to believe. Keep in mind the younger one, I believe, Youngest uh, had 91 points in a high school game. Uh, a little bit of controversy. Some people thought he was cherry picking, but you know, 91 points is 91 points in a high school game. So, uh, <laughs> and he see the youngest seems to be, you know, have the father's flamboyance a little bit more than at least Lonzo. And uh, yeah, fascinating family. Big baller brand is now firmly entrenched on the American sporting landscape. So, uh, again, you know, you know, you and I like interesting and the, and this family and the father, of course, LeVar are definitely interesting. Oh yeah, definitely interesting. And I mean, I don't know if that's their plan, the one to be flamboyant and outrageous and the other one just to seem like his, He's more tempered in his thoughts and his words. You know, it's like maybe that's something. I don't know if they plan that or their, their two personalities are are definitely opposite. I'm not sure if that was something right. that was a strategy or that's that's their natural uh, demeanor. Exactly. No, it's interesting to watch, regardless. And AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our show. Uh, thank you as always for calling in. Great job. Love your perspective and. Uh, Again, great show. Good talking to you. Oh, thank you, John. My pleasure as always. All right, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.